the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What I want you to think about is that anytime God tells you to do something, it might be loving your enemy, it might be turning the other cheek, it might be picking up your cross, it might be getting involved in a ministry, it might be denying yourself, it might be forgiving someone, it might be being baptized. Anytime God asks you to do something, you have to cross a bridge. And here's the bridge. Do you believe God's Word or do you doubt God's Word? Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I have been feeling a little bit under the weather, but uh, one of you gave it to me last week. That's all I can say. You, you're going to have to put up with my voice, okay? Because this is about as good as it gets. <laughs> you can pray for me. Pray for your hearing. Most of all, I want you to pray that God would speak to your heart today. Amen. Some 58 times in the Bible, you have the word or the form of the word test, T-E-S-T. I'll give you just a few examples. In Genesis 22, verse 1, the Bible says that sometime later that God tested Abraham. Would you think about that? We, we all have great appreciation for Abraham. He's the father of our faith. And yet the Bible says that God tested him. Exodus 16, verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, he said, Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. And all the people are to, to go and gather enough bread just for that day. And in this way, God says, I will test them and see whether or not they're going to follow my instructions. The psalmist cried out in Psalm 26. He said, God, he said, test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. The psalmist knew that God had the ability to test one's heart. Proverbs 17 verse 3 says that the Lord tests the heart. And so we see in the Bible over and over and over, God can test us. Now, there's many ways for God to test us. Sometimes he allows trials into your life just to see how you'll handle them. Sometimes God allows blessings to come into your life to see how you'll handle those. Can someone say amen? But God can allow circumstances just to see what's going on in your heart. And one of the ways that God tests us is with our treasure. All treasure is a test. 
Sometimes God gives you just a little. And, and, and how many of you, raise your hand, you think you have just a little. Raise your hand if you just have, God's just giving you a little, okay? God's just giving you a little, okay? That's fine. Sometimes God does just give you a little. Sometimes God gives you a lot. How many feel like you have a lot? God's blessed you a lot. Sometimes when God gives you a lot, it's a test. It's not about the money. It's about how do you handle those resources. All treasure is a test. And there's many things about treasure that reveals certain things. Number one, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, the first thing is that treasure tests, it tests, it reveals your heart. It reveals what's going on in your heart. The Bible says, for where your treasure is, there your, your heart will be also. That's true looking backwards, and it's true looking forwards. Looking backwards, you can just actually, right now, you know, sometimes, we always do it during income tax, we have to figure out where all your expenses went. And it's amazing how fast the years uh, keep arriving. But you look, you can just look and see, look at your checkbook stuff, just see or or your bank statement, and just see where all your money's gone. And as you look backwards, you can see wherever those lumps of money go, that's where your heart is. Maybe it went towards a hobby. You you, you realize, I spent all this money. Well, that's because that's where your heart was. Maybe it's on your house because that's where your heart is. You see, that's what's true about the church. Some of you are disengaged in the church. The church doesn't really mean that much to some of you. And I think it's because you've never really invested in the church. You've never sowed seeds. You never said, you know, you never said, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give generously. I'm gonna give cheerfully. Because I guarantee you, if once you start to give and you give generously to the church, then your heart gets involved, and, and you will follow that. You'll want to get involved in missions. You'll want to see the church grow. You'll want to see the church making a difference. You'll start to get involved in evangelism. You'll start. You'll want to have the word of God preached week after week. You'll want to see lost people get saved. So treasure reveals these three things. You don't have to write them down, but they're in your notes. It reveals the location of your heart. Because wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart goes. It it measures the the love of your heart. Because money reveals what you love the most. 1 Timothy 6.10 says some people eager for money. Some people eager for money have wandered away from the faith. It reveals the level of your commitment. It's a revealer. The Bible says these words in Mark chapter 12. Now this interesting verse. Mark 12, verse 41, it says that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And what did he do? According to the Bible, he watched. What was he watching? He was watching the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now, would that bother you? What if I said, hey, from now on, we're not going to pass the offering plates. We're going to put one tray up here, and I'm just going to sit up here right next to it. It's going to be one big basket, okay, right here. And I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to watch what everybody puts in. I'm going to see what you put in, you put in, you put in. I'm just going to watch. How many of you, that would, that would bother you? It would. I guarantee you if I said next week we're going to start, everyone's going to come up, we're going to take the time, and week after week I'm just going to watch, half of you would not come back the next week. <laughs> You'd quit, and you know that's true. Say amen if you know that's true. That's true. The thing I want to ask you, if Jesus, if Jesus could see what they were putting in, don't you think Jesus could see what we put in? He absolutely can. My question is why? Why would Jesus want to watch? I think it's because he knows that what we put in that offering tray is revealing the true condition of our heart. He's finding out what's important to us. 
2 Corinthians 8, verse 3 and 4 has always made me laugh. Now, I'm a pastor. You don't have to laugh at this, all right? Pastors laugh at this. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 3, I can testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. That means that the Lord God actually enabled them to give more than what they that could give on their own. But the funny part is in verse 4 it says, entirely on their own, the people urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. That's never happened. Usually it's the preacher having to beg the people. Here the people were begging the preachers, urgently pleading. They were begging insistently that they could give and be a part of this offering. There was no sermon needed back in those days on giving. You see, it reveals our heart. It, it tells us what's in, in your heart. That's what, that's what our resources do. It's a test of what's in our heart. Number two, write this down. It's a test of your stewardship. We talked last week, Deuteronomy chapter 8, that everything we have, our resources, the abilities that we have to, to, to work, to serve, to reason, to earn an income, to hold down a job, that everything we have comes from God. And God puts those things in our hands. And according to Matthew chapter 25, it's the parable of the talents. God gave one guy five talents. He gave one two talents. And he gave one just one talent. And then he left. And one day he comes back, the, 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 the manager, he comes back. And he asks the guy with the five talents, what did you do with the five talents? He asked the guy with the two, what did you do with the two? He asked the guy with the one, what did you do with the one? And the owner comes back and he holds each of the three people accountable for what they did with that which he had entrusted and placed in their care. And of course, we know that that story is talking about that one day Jesus Christ is going to return and he's going to look at each and every one of us at all the things that he placed in our hands and he's going to hold us accountable for what we did with those talents. Now, I'm going to say, I've said this before, most of you are five talented people. See, so some people think, well, I'm just a one talent. I'm a two talent. I, I don't even have, I'm like, I'm a half a talent. Pal. I have a half a talent. No, I don't, I, I, I think if you live in America that you are all five talented people. We live like kings compared to the rest of the world. We live in the greatest city in the world. We live in the greatest country in the world. We have modern technology, modern transportation. We have all these, these modern uh, appliances. We have the Bible. We, we have so many Bibles. We have them on our cell phones. We have them on our laptops. We have the Bible in written form. We have it on the computer in the, in the, in the cyber world. We have, we have people power. But what we're lacking is we have too many people that have taken that which God has given to them and they've simply gone out and buried it and held on to it as opposed to investing in kingdom causes. And so what money reveals, what treasure reveals, it reveals not only what's in your heart, it reveals how good of stewards you are, how, how good, how faithful you've been to that which God has placed in your hands. The third thing when it comes to giving, your treasure is a test of your faith. We looked briefly at Malachi 3.10 last week. I want to show you just the first few words. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And I want you for just for a moment to forget, forget, please forget about money for just a second. 
What I want you to think about is that anytime God tells you to do something, it might be loving your enemy, it might be turning the other cheek, it might, it might be picking up your cross, it might be uh, getting involved in a ministry, it might be denying yourself, it might be forgiving someone. The Bible talks about we should forgive 70 times 7. It might be being baptized. Anytime, anytime God asks you to do something, you have to cross a bridge. And here's the bridge. You can write this down. Do you believe God's word or do you doubt God's word? It's one or the other. Now, I have in your outline, if you look in your notes at the bottom, I have a, a, a box full of scriptures. I, I don't know if you know this, but there's hundreds of verses in the Bible in regards to our treasure. In that box, I put 25. Now, you can actually go online, you can go online and just say Bible verses on giving. You'll get hundreds of verses. I put 25 in there. We're not going to really read through any of them. I just I wanted you to have them in a little box, and that kind of symbolizes God's Word. And this series is called God's Plan. Last week, we looked at debt. Today, we're looking at our dollars. And next week, we're going to look at our destiny. But what's critical for you is not to know, and, and I, would, I would love, obviously, for you to read through those verses sometime, but the critical point is not knowing all these verses, not memorizing them, not understanding them, not seeing them or reading them or hearing a sermon on them. The critical issue is, do you believe in them? Have you applied them? When you look at these verses in that box, it's really, it's really not about making sure you understand what, every detail of those, those verses. The question is, do you understand when you read through them? Can you, can you see what God wants for you, for your debt, for your dollars, and for your destiny? There's a test. There's a couple of tests in your tithing when you begin to do that. And the first is what I call the test of prosperity, where God comes and continues to bless and bless and bless. And you, so you start, off, you start out tithing and you get to the point where you think, well, I don't know, I'm making too much money now to tithe. You know, you, you start off when you don't have much and later on you get to the point where you, you're making so much, you start figuring out that's a lot of money. And uh, it's a test. It's, I think God gives you so much. He wants to test. He wants to test you on that. And the second test, write this down, is the test of adversity. I think sometimes in many areas of our life, God allows difficult times to come in to see if we'll continue to be faithful. That's the story of the widow's might in Mark chapter 12. Jesus is watching. Remember, he's sitting there watching. The Bible says that there were some, some rich people who came and put some large amounts of money in. And then in verse 42 of Mark 12, it says that this little widow came. She put two small copper coins. The Bible says it was a fraction of a penny. It wasn't even a penny. It was a fraction of a penny. She said in verse 43, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others because they gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything that she had. I love to tell this story. It's a true story about a friend of mine. At the time, he was, he was, he literally was my best friend. And um, he was a guy who had a, uh, he'd been an alcoholic for years. And he told me he used, to, he used to work in downtown Los Angeles, and he lived out on Woodland Hills. And he said for years after work, he would drink in Los Angeles in some clubs and some bars. Afterwards, he would get in his car and drive out to Woodland Hills. He said, Dudley, I did that for years and never even remember getting in my car. I was so drunk. 
And uh, so he was a full-fledged alcoholic. He was coming to church. He was living with some, the very first time he came to church, he was living with his, his girlfriend. He's not married. Very first sermon, he shows up. Uh, he hears me speaking about, about how you shouldn't be living in sin. And um, instead of getting mad and never coming back, he decides uh, that week they go to Vegas and get married. And he starts attending our church. And then he heard some sermons and some testimonies on tithing, and he decides, he decides to start tithing. So uh, we're golfing one day, and he, he says to me, he said, Hey, Dudley, thanks for that tithing thing. He said, My company lost $50,000 last month. And he was kind of like joking around. You know, a couple months went by. He said, hey, Dudley, thank you for that tithing stuff. He says, ever since I've been tithing, now we've lost $100,000. A couple months go by. He said, hey, Dudley, thank you. He said, we're now a quarter of a million in the hole. Then he said, I'm a half a million in the hole. Then one day he said, Dudley, I want to really thank you for that tithing stuff. He said, we're going to have to file bankrupt, bankruptcy, and we're going to have to sell our house and we're going to have to move to Colorado. And at that time, I was, he was such a dear friend of mine. Man, I wept. I wept like a baby when he left. Because he was a guy, he'd lived such a rough life. I could tell him anything I was struggling with. He would never judge me for it. That's why he was my friend. Because most times I tell people things, they, 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 they judge me for every word that comes out of my mouth. He wouldn't judge me for anything because he'd been on death's door and back. He'd lived such a rough life. Uh, and so I was just drawn to the fact that I could be so open to this guy. But the day comes, he moves. I'm weeping, I'm crying. And he moves, he move, he moves to Colorado. And um, later, I called him because I couldn't get it off my chest. I said, I've got to ask you a question. He goes, uh, I said, uh, you know, you always kid around. You said, hey, thanks for the tithing stuff. My company's down 50000 100000 250000 I have to leave. I have to sell everything. I go, Did you, do you really feel that you were tithing and that somehow God was punishing you or that somehow that was bad for you? And he started laughing, and he said, Dudley, he goes, I was just messing with you. He goes, uh, he said, that tithing was the greatest thing you ever taught me. He goes, because if I had not been tithing during that time, he says, I would have gone back on the bottle, and I, I would not be here today. And so it was sometimes there's a test of adversity. Sometimes there's a test of prosperity. He later went to Colorado. He got involved with another company, and about five years later, he made so much money in Colorado, he was able to retire, and he moved back to California. And so there are times in your life where God blesses you so much it's like, man, I don't know if I can afford to do this. And sometimes I have so little, I don't know how I can keep doing this. But just remember, your tithing really is a test, which brings me to my last point as we prepare to close. Tithing is really the ultimate test of God's honor. And I want you to write this word, these words down. He's either capable or he's culpable. What does that mean? That means that when God says to bring in the tithe and that he's going to bless us for what we give, and there's, again, you can go back and look at all those scriptures. 
He's either capable of doing that or he's liable. He's guilty. He's at fault. He deserves blame. He's a miss. I want you to look at this verse again in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. God says to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then he says those two words, test me. Everybody say, test me. You see, everywhere else in the Bible, everywhere else in the Bible, God is testing us. But when you tithe, according to this, you're actually testing God. You get to test God. Because he says, you just test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing in your life that you will not even have enough room to contain it all. I don't want to confuse you, but there are many times in the Bible where the Bible says that we're not supposed to test God. Deuteronomy 6.16, Matthew 4.7, Luke 4.12, it says that we're not supposed to test God. And what that means is that you're really not supposed to test the patience of God by the way you live your life. That when God speaks, you just need to honor Him and don't, don't test, don't don't doubt that God is indeed the Lord God of the universe. But here in this instance, when it in regards our finances and our resources, God says there's an exception to that. There's one area you can test me. He says, in the area of your giving, you test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room to store it all. So our treasure, it really is. It's a test for you, and it's a test for God. And I think it's a win-win situation because we get to give and have God as our partner. We get to invest and be a part of building the kingdom of God in the world, and then we get to see God keep his word and his honor as he opens up those floodgates. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. 
That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.